Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hey guys, so before we get into the episode, I just wanted to give a little content warning. Um, We do talk about some sensitive subjects in this episode because we are talking about our histories with mental health. So we talk about bipolar disorder, depression, anxiety, and then we also kind of briefly touch on a few other sensitive topics like eating disorders, sexual assault, self-harm. We keep it pretty general, but I just wanted to let you know if that's something that you are sensitive to, this may not be the best episode for you. The first 15 minutes or so are really light and not related to that because we do, you know, all the normal things, the bump date, the hot takes. So I'll put a timestamp on screen of where we actually start talking about those sensitive topics. So if you want to skip that, you can just watch the first part or go watch one of our other episodes. But I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Pop the popcorn, put on your comfiest pajamas, and grab a drink because it's time for a new episode of Sierra Unfiltered. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Sierra Unfiltered. Hey. I hope everyone had a good weekend. I love that the episodes are always on Monday. I know. It's like a good way to start out your week. Do you listen to the podcast? Yes. Really? Do you? No. <gasps> really? <laughs> I don't listen to it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I have to because I forget what we talk about and then I get DMs and I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I would be confused if I didn't listen to it. Yeah. I would be like, why are people messaging me about like this very niche thing? About like even last week we got, I got messages about, uh, what's that character's name? From, uh... Oh, Bulby. Jimmy Neutron. Bulby. I would have been like, why are people messaging me Bulby? Like, what is... Wait, people sent you Bulby yes, People sent me all sorts of I, things. I love the podcast audience. <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever felt more understood than yes. by the podcast oh, audience. Oh, absolutely. But I like listening. I per... Oh, I guess I shouldn't say prefer Apple Podcasts. <laughs> no, you I can prefer- say that. Oh, well... I prefer Apple Podcasts. I think because, like, staring at myself for, like, two hours is kind of a lot. Especially because we're, like, kind of, like, funny. Like, I feel like I make a lot of, like, (gasps) faces. And sometimes, (laughs) like, looking at that for two hours is a lot. Well, Stephen keeps bugging me that we always say this at the end of the podcast. So I'm going to say at the beginning, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Yes. If if you haven't. We – I'm so shocked. We get so many more views than we do subscribers. Yeah. I think because we never say subscribe. So yeah. Stephen told me, like, tell everyone to subscribe. So here here you go, Stephen. Well, and also I feel like the podcast listeners aren't necessarily all people who, like, 
watch YouTube frequently. Like, yeah. I know, like, my grandma watches on the YouTube app, but, like, probably isn't subscribed because she probably isn't subscribed to anyone. Right. So, like, grandma, you should subscribe. You know, when I first made my YouTube channel, and I, like, would say at the beginning of every video, like, my first, like, when yeah. I made my YouTube channel originally, I would say, like, and subscribe to my channel. And my grandma, like, a month into my channel, came up to me at, like, a family gathering. And she's like, Sierra, in your videos, you keep saying that, like, if you want to support me, subscribe. And she's like, but I don't know how to subscribe. She's like, do I sign up for an email <laughs> list? Like, she's what? like, can I, sh- can you show Aww. me how? So I, like, sat down and made her a YouTube account so she could subscribe. That's so cute. <laughs> really cute. It'll be so fun when you hit a million to be like, I know one of them is my grandma. If I hit a million. Let's see oh my how goodness. far away am I. We're filming this six days before it goes up. Let's see how many subscribers I have. I have, I don't really check that often, but it's now it says at the top of the YouTube app, yeah. 963,022. You're right. A million is way too far away. You're never going to hit it. It feels far. See, you're, but it's, you know what, Sierra? <laughs> it's never going to happen. It I just hate goes to break to a grinding halt <laughs> today. Imagine? Everyone, because obs- technically in my brain, you have a million subscribers because you also have like the vlog channel yeah. and this channel. But what if like everyone just unsubscribed to the <laughs> amount to where you're at like 999,000? <laughs> you know what they call that in the like business world of social media? They call that total social reach. <laughs> so like if someone's like pitching me to a brand, if like my manager or like someone at YouTube is yeah. like, to a brand like you should work with Sierra it's like her total social reach and they just add up the numbers from like Everything. literally like I have like, like I think Pinterest I think like a thousand people like my page on Facebook that I like never post on Aww. and they like include that that's so cute <laughs> we were talking about Pinterest the other day yeah. I feel like Pinterest doesn't get enough love I think so too I use I feel, it a lot I feel like if I was going to be like an influencer the only thing I would use would be Pinterest would you be a pinfluencer I would be a pinfluencer I love Pinterest you should be a pinfluencer <laughs> how do you even begin to become a pinfluencer step one make a Pinterest Done. Step two, take aesthetic photos. Done. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you I do. feel like that's weird to be like. No, even your Instagram stories are like perfectly like aesthetic oh. and edited and like on a background. And mine are Thank like, you. hey, good morning, guys. How's it going? I'm like, I. What was that voice? <laughs> that was a very. Please comment down below. That was a very specific like old man from a cartoon voice, uh, but I don't know who that. Can you do it one more time for us? I don't. I don't think I can. Re- you like, it. hey guys, I don't know that <laughs> But I literally like I did an Instagram story yesterday, and I went back and watched it because I had done it like late at night, and I had zit cream in the corner of my mouth. I am I not a pinfluencer, but <laughs> I am not a pinfluencer. We're gonna make you a pinfluencer, Sierra. Is that a word, or did I make that up? You made that up. Yes. Trademark it. Trademarked. I feel like if you, like, had an Etsy shop and made, like, pinfluencer and, like, cursive writing, I feel like moms would buy that. You think so? Yeah. Well, you're you're about to be a mom. Speaking of which, you want to <laughs> give us... Maybe I should open an Etsy shop. <laughs> you want to give us your bump date? What is my bump... Oh, you know what my bump date is? Hmm. I had to stop wearing my wedding ring because my fingers are so swollen. Wow. I had to, like, order a new fake wedding ring on Amazon that, like, kind of looks like my wedding ring because... Everything grows when you're pregnant. Yeah. And what I think is the most interesting is like my fingers will most likely like go back to their regular size, which yeah. is why I'm not like resizing my ring. But your feet oftentimes stay the bigger size. 
Really? So, like, people can go up a shoe size while they're pregnant because they have, like, swollen feet. Mm -hmm. But then when you're done being pregnant, like, you're just, like, a size 10. Whoa. So you have to buy, like, all new shoes. That's crazy. Isn't that so weird? Because the finger thing makes sense. Yeah, like, everything gets swollen, your legs get swollen, whatever. But, like, your feet could grow and then just stay that size. So, like, have your feet grown? Like, do you fit into your shoes still? There are some shoes that are really tight, but I think it's because my feet are swollen. Yeah. Like, it's, like, like my tight boots and stuff, like mm. Chelsea boots. Yeah. I don't think my feet have, like, grown, grown a size. But I'm also always in between, like, an eight and a half and a nine. Yeah. So it's, like, kind of hard. To, like, I might just be a nine now. Yeah. I don't know. That's crazy. How weird. So are you not wearing your wedding ring right now? Yeah. She's a single woman. A single woman. <laughs> I was going to say on the prowl, and then I was like, this is taking the joke too far. Not single, happily betrothed. This weekend, we were betrothed. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, maybe I should change my Instagram bio, because everyone has, like, like married to so-and-so, like, mom-to-be, and I could put, like, like podcast co-host. Yeah. Maybe I should just put happily betrothed, does, and then nothing else. Does betrothed mean married or promised oh, to be married? Oh. I think it's promised to be yeah. married because I think in Shrek, Lord Farquaad <laughs> is, like, betrothed to Princess Fiona. But, like, they aren't, they don't get married. They're just, like, in, like they're promised. I love that niche reference. That's <laughs> like, so good. <laughs> um, what you drinking? Uh, I am drinking green tea. Ooh, what are nice. you drinking? I am drinking a latte. Ooh, it looks like there's some, like, latte art in there. Is I that... I don't know. Was that intentional? Carly, was that intentional? It kind of looks like a little bear. Carly's shaking her head now. Carly was getting our drink set up before the podcast, so she's like, what do you guys want to drink? And I was like, oh, do you know how to use my latte machine? So she made me a latte, but she I went, think, like, over and above. I think she left you, like, a little, what? What oh, is, is it? Is it, like, in Harry tea? Potter when they read the tea leaves? <gasps> like, what's my yes. future? Um, It says I'm never going to hit a million subscribers. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and that I'm going to watch Shrek 2 tonight. Awesome. <gasps> Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited for Disney Plus to come out. Yeah. Je especially because I've had to, like, legally stream Brother Bear for, like, the last couple of years. Because only Brother Bear 2 is on Netflix. <laughs> like, I've paid for Atlantis, like, on Amazon Prime. But, like, Kyle just, like, won't let me pay for Brother Bear 1. I know what I'm getting you for your baby shower. Brother Bear 1? Brother Bear 1. <laughs> but Disney Plus will already be out. So then I'll just have, like, a weird, like, VHS copy that I can't but use. But then you'll own it. I could, like, put it up on a shelf. Yeah. Like, like display it. <laughs> aesthetically just brother bear no i should find like an etsy shop owner who can do like custom art and get you like a custom like aesthetic brother bear poster wait why have i not thought of like brother bear toys for my baby <gasps> yeah because i've searched everything else like on my baby registry i have like little hamilton dolls oh. like i have like all of the like niche things like i've looked up the greatest showman i have not looked up brother bear Sorry, this is taking a weird turn. This isn't going to be a ranty podcast. No, the last few episodes of our podcast have been like silly, yeah. goofy, which is fun and us. Yeah. But we're actually going to talk about mental health this yeah. podcast. So, I mean, it's still Skylar and I, so we're always a so little we're silly. Still talking about Lord Farquaad. Yeah, and, you know, and but Brother Bear. But um, we're going to kind of talk about like our experiences, yeah. our struggles with mental health, our thoughts on you know some like 
topics that surround like mental health and mental health awareness so i'm excited but before we do that should we do our hot takes yeah let's do it our last silly silly goof goofs yeah (laughs) the next hour or so (laughs) um silly silly goof goofs wow uh do you want to go first sure so my hot take okay is that the villain needs to win more often in movies like explain okay so here's the thing Every movie that you watch, Mm -hmm. you know that it's going to end, no matter what the up and downs are, that, like, everyone in the end is going to be fine, right? Yeah. Like, to some extent, right? Yeah. Like, I, like, I remember, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, is everyone fine? Like, I guess you could argue the protagonist is fine, but, like, spoiler alert, in Moana, like, her grandma dies, and it's very devastating. But, like, wouldn't it have been better if, like, in the end, the lava monster didn't be like, oh, like, Moana, spoilers for Moana, (laughs) like, be like, oh, like, you, like, it's my, the heart of Tefiti, I'm like, the goddess of life and earth and if instead she was like no i am a lava monster and like i'm like kills moana i mean i don't think that would be better i think that would be much worse just imagine walking out of the theater you're like shook you're like i can't believe they did that see but this then- is why we need to get you into game of thrones <laughs> world. but then every dis even if they never did it again just the one time now every disney movie that you walk into you'd be like I don't know how this is going to end. I feel like they did that a little bit with Frozen, making Hans the villain. But he didn't win. But I feel like after that, my trust was like, I was always on edge. But now they do a twist villain in literally every movie. Like Zootopia, twist villain. Also, we don't talk about Zootopia enough. Zootopia <laughs> is like my third favorite Disney is movie. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, what do you like Hops. so much about Zootopia? What do I like so much about Zootopia? It's all the things I love. Like a small, like, creature who's like not a human who like has these like big dreams and her family's like, you can't do it. You're just a kid. And then like she goes out and she does it and she's awesome. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I don't know if I totally agree with your hot take. Yeah. I think just because it's specifically in Disney movies. No, no, no. It's not specifically. Actually, I would say don't. Or it, like kids movies. No, no, no. Oh, I mean just, more in like adult movies. Oh, okay. Then I I'm agree just with using that. Disney movies as like an example. I agree with that then. Okay. That's like all the like big TV shows and movies I like. I yeah. feel like okay. half the time that happens. Yeah. I just feel like with Disney movies, like. Ugh. Keep it pure. They're so pure. I could, I will accept, accept that argument that like Like, kids movies, sure, keep them pure, let the, the hero always win. But like, even something like, I'm trying to think of like. You're all like trolls. (laughs) Like trolls. No, like. Let the Bergens win. (laughs) Whatever they're called. Like Star Wars. Yeah. Like. Agree. Like let the, also another hot take, I'm kind of team Empire. Like, the Jedi are, like, kind of culty. They, like, really reject, like, a lot of emotions, which I don't think is healthy and, like, a good coping mechanism. And, like, they, like, don't allow themselves to, like, love or feel or connect because they view it as, like, a weakness. And, like, I I don't know. I Is this the podcast where we find out you're actually a villain? (laughs) Like, the Empire... Like, what villains do you root for? Because I literally, I don't think I've ever rooted for, I, I haven't. Like, there are villains who I'm like, oh, like, Ursula is a very, like, dynamic, interesting character. But mm-hmm. I've never, like, go get him, Ursula. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if there are specific villains that I root for. But, like, make them more, make, make them, make them win. 
make them win. Oh my god. Because you know what? That's life. Like sometimes <laughs> that's a good message for life. Sometimes, you know what? Jake Paul makes millions of dollars. And like sometimes, you know what? Like Trump wins the election. Like oh, it's not always goodness. a redemption story. <laughs> you know, I I'm gonna stick with I agree. Except for Disney. I will, I'll, okay. Because, like, even, like, Kyle and I have been talking a lot about, like, what, like, screen limitations we're going to have for, like, our kid and, like, what, like, that all will entail. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm, like, even just, like, the kids page on Netflix isn't, like, like, picked through enough. Like, I would never just, like, let my, like, toddler be, like, whatever you want as long as it's on the kid page. But I feel like, like, old school Disney movies are, like, pretty i don't know hunchback of notre dame is like <laughs> i mean it's dark. scary <laughs> that's true i guess it's maybe literally old school disney movie. i guess like newer disney like movie. disney like disney pixar yeah i feel like pretty much any i feel like any disney pixar movie i would let my son watch yeah i'll, I'll agree with that what's but your hot take my hot take what is my hot? oh my hot take i started telling you this and then we we're like we need to save it for the podcast so i forget what it was my hot take is that it is inappropriate and disrespectful to be a sexy dead person oh yes if that person wasn't inherently sexy like i don't necessarily think it's wrong to be marilyn monroe for halloween because like that was her mo was that like she's like i'm a bombshell i'm flirtatious i'm this that and the other but being like sexy bob ross like that's like he's passed away and he has a family and that's disrespectful do you think it's okay to dress up as bob ross Yes. But not to sexify his costume. Yes. Exactly. Oh, I'm not, I don't know. I'm on the fence about this one. Yeah. So, do do you want to give more explanation or should? Well, so first of all, I'm just not, like, a huge fan of, like, making costumes that, like, aren't already sexy, sexy in the first place. Like, I think, like, we've talked about briefly with, like, making, like, kids' characters sexy is, like, a kind of a weird thing. Or I think, like making like people who have passed away sexy is also like a weird thing yeah i don't know i just i feel like the only like sexy halloween costumes that i think truly like aren't offensive are ones that are either like fictional characters that Uh are like of legal age or ones that like they already have a sexy costume like what about her name from space jam lola lola like her costume's already sexy and so it's like you're just dressing up as that character and it happens to be like a flattering costume. Right. Okay. I'm going to spout off some characters. Okay. And you, because I'm curious to see like where your lines where fall. Where my line? Okay. And you can say like, okay, in between or no. Okay. Um, Like inanimate objects, like sexy toothbrush. Totally okay. So I can be sexy toothbrush. Absolutely. I can wear like a little bristle top and like. Absolutely. That's, okay. Um, What about like. Like, I think that's funny. To okay. be, like, a sexy, like, toaster. Yeah. You but, think- like, sexy, brave little toaster? No. Maybe a little weird. Okay. <laughs> what about, like, so if we're talking, like, people who've passed away. Okay. What about, like, or what about people who are still alive? What about, like, sexy Mr. Rogers? Is Mr. Rogers, Rogers still alive? alive? I think he is. I think he passed away. Really? I'm gonna Google I'm it. I'm not sure. Carly, can you Google it? <laughs> Here's where we find out. Um, so I think if someone's still alive, that's fine. Like, we saw, like, on the, um, Dolls Kill website, they had, like, a Dolly Parton. Yeah. I think doing, like, sexy Dolly Parton is fine. She's alive. Sexy Britney Spears. Sexy, What about, like, like, sexy, like, making someone sexy who's not, like, 
sexy sexy like i think like what about like sexy kanye west i think that's funny. that's fine because he's because he's alive okay i think it's like when some oh he died oh <laughs> i thought he was still alive yeah, so then funny. in that case mr rogers has passed away i think totally not okay. totally not okay but can i dress up as mr rogers yes absolutely if because i think like you know what i think a good example is when I was in fourth grade, I dressed up as Walt Disney for, like, a project, but I got, like, a tuxedo and, like, talked in a smoker voice and, yeah. like, had, like, a little mustache. Yeah. Like, that's me being, like, I love Walt Disney so much. I want to, like, pay honor to him. Right. Like, and I think if you were to dress up as, like, Mr. Rogers for Halloween and you're, like, whatever, just wearing, like, a sweater vest and cargo pants yeah. or whatever like that's you being like i love mr rogers i want to dress up as him this is nostalgic yeah versus like i'm gonna wear like a red tie and like like i think that's weird what about if we go back further so okay. like those are people who've like relatively recently passed away okay what if i'm like sexy abraham lincoln see i feel like that's still not okay like he's been dead for a long time like he was assassinated okay wait wait yeah you're right that's how about sexy george washington because like he died of like old age and like natural causes i still just think it's weird to be a sexy dead person like there's so many things what about i'm trying let let me think like really what if i no that's even worse i was gonna say sexy jesus but like that's (laughs) bad (laughs) like that's like a whole that's that's a whole other religious podcast let's talk about that (laughs) I did see a comment on your sexy Halloween videos that was like, I thought the sexy Hagrid was a sexy wise man for a minute. And I was like, could you imagine how problematic that would be? Like, didn't, didn't Tana Mojo get, like, canceled last year for doing, like, sexy Jojo Siwa? Yeah, but that's also a child. Yeah. But I feel like doing, like, a religious figure, like, It's the like, same as Jojo Siwa. Yeah. <laughs> well, kind of. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, I, I, I see what you mean. Like... But it's just been interesting, especially because I've been doing so much research for all of our, like, sexy, weird Halloween videos. Yeah. I've seen a lot of, like, sexy people that have passed away. Mm. And I'm like, could you imagine, like, if you had, like, a famous dad and then, like, you were, like, scrolling through Doll's Kill and you're like, oh, there's, like, a, my dad in a thong. Great. <laughs> like, like, I just feel like that's, like, kind of weird. And, yeah. like, kind of, like, it's kind of like how we were talking about has the, um... Has the Recreating Magazines video come out yet? Um, No, but it'll be going up shortly after this podcast. So, surprise, we're doing a video where I recreate magazine covers. (laughs) But in that, we talked a lot about how, like, they put the word sex on the cover next to these, like, powerful, like, Olympic athletes or, like, self-made women. Mm -hmm. And it's not that there's anything wrong with sex. It's just that, like, that woman is more than that. It's making it a little demeaning. Yeah, it's, like... Bob Ross is so much more than like like his he's a, curly afro. He's a sex and... icon, but like he's so much more than that. Oh my goodness. Okay, so here's where I oh, okay. I think I draw the line. I think okay. I'm a little bit more lenient on it than you. Yeah. I think if they've been passed away for a really long time and you're not like mocking their death in the costume, yeah. like if I I personally wouldn't dress as sexy George Washington. Yeah. But if I saw like a couple dress as like sexy George and Martha Washington, like I would laugh. Yeah. <laughs> but how would you, I guess you also have a very different sense of humor than I do and yeah. I'm like a lot more sensitive I was yeah. gonna say how would you feel if in like 200 years someone dressed up as like sexy Sierra Schultze and Stephen from Stephen and, and Sierra IRL I mean I'm dead so, <laughs> so you don't not care. my problem 
Like, I don't want someone to dress up as, like, sexy Skylar and Kyle you in don't? 100 years. No. I feel like it's letting my memory live on. <laughs> oh, my God. For girls getting drunk off jungle what would, juice. What would be, like, the sexy Sierra Schultzy costume? It'd be, like... Uh, dad shirt. I wonder if anyone will ever dress up as you for Halloween. I know you're gonna say no, but like we've like in your Halloween costume videos last year, we did like Jenna Marbles and Shane Dawson, and I've seen people do like Tyler Oakley. Yeah, but think about like those people, and then like me. (laughs) I don't know. That would be so weird if I get tagged in a picture and someone's dressed up as you for Halloween. Maybe not this year, but next year. I don't think so. I know. I know I'm, you're never. I don't think have anything so. like like I'm. I don't have a crazy enough style. Like yeah. people would just be like, oh, so like you didn't dress up. <laughs> like, you're just, <laughs> just a like, basic like, white girl. Mom jeans, like, like a Adidas. fake Gucci belt, <laughs> like chihuahuas. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, do we want to get into yeah. today's podcast topic? Yeah. Let's um. Let's transition into the podcast topic. I'm excited about this. Skylar yeah. and I were talking about this, and I was like, we. We are both pretty open about, like, our mental health struggles. Mm-hmm. But we honestly – I don't think you and I have ever, like, sat down and, like, had a conversation yeah. about, like, our history with everything and, like, our yeah. thoughts on certain things. We'll, like, tell each other when we're in, like, a, a re- particularly good spot or a particularly rough spot. But yeah. it's – I don't know. I feel like we've never really gotten in well, to it. Well, especially because – so we met, like, 10 years ago. And we're friends for, like – a year or two like because we did theater together but then we went to different high schools and so then we were apart for like two years and then we both went to charter and then became friends right as we both were going to charter and so I feel like those two years were when like a lot of our like darkest yeah most issues in times happened and so we didn't really like catch up on all that stuff that happened and so I feel like like, I think we both kind of know what happened to the other person, and I don't think we'll get into specifics, but it's interesting because I feel like sometimes with the podcast, like, you and I frequently talk about body positivity. Yeah. And, like, where we're at, we've seen each other through a lot of the struggles, but I feel like with mental health, obviously, like, it's always a journey, and, like, it's something that both of us still deal with. Yeah. But, like, We met so right, like, right after my, not met, but, like, we reconnected. Yeah. Like, right after my mental breakdown that caused me to leave like traditional high school and so we talked about like it but it had kind of passed yeah and And also now that was what oh my gosh eight years ago yeah something like eight years ago and so I feel like we probably briefly talked about what had happened to make us leave traditional high school but I feel like it probably only happened like once and it was probably like six or eight years ago yeah and so I feel like I, like, kind of know, and I feel like you kind of know, but, like, it'll be cool to, like, sit down and, like, talk about all of it. Yeah, it's so and, interesting. and hopefully anyone who's listening, too, who's, like, gone through similar things or has a friend who's going through something can, like, understand our perspective. And yeah. one thing I really want to make sure that I address is that, like, these are our experiences. Like, we are not mental health professionals. We are yeah. not counselors. We are not experts in our... At all. At all. We're only going to talk about how we've experienced our mental issues and everyone who has like I have bipolar disorder everyone who has bipolar disorder experiences it differently totally so the way I describe it if someone's watching and has bipolar disorder might be literally completely opposite of their experience yeah and that's totally fine and I don't want that to like invalidate someone else's experience yeah so just know that like what we're talking about is our individual experiences well and also I think 
like a lot of times I don't know I feel like if you are someone if you're in a rough spot like this could help you but also like feel free to not listen like you're not obligated to like stick around if you think that like us talking about like anxiety and depression and all sorts of things could like trigger you in any way I think this is just us sharing our experience so that people feel less alone and feel less like weird and ostracized about mental illness because I do think it's like an important discussion to have yeah you know I'm still always shocked at because I on occasion will just like offhandedly mention on an Instagram story or like in a vlog like oh da 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 like with my bipolar and depression yeah and I still like every single day get dms of people being like thank you for like talking about it and I'm like I didn't even talk about it like I'm just living my life and that's like part of my experience as a human yeah but so many people just don't talk about it yeah. like they're there I think so much progress has been made into totally. like not having as much of a stigma but still I think there is this thing of like and I even felt this way before I like opened up about my bipolar disorder online of like I don't want that to become like my identity yeah. online I don't want to be like I'm not gonna be like a mental health channel totally. but like I share my life and that's part of my life so when yeah. it's like pertinent to the situation I'm gonna talk about it well and also I think that this is probably the most that either of us will talk about it online yeah like I feel like both of us especially you obviously get a lot of questions about mental health and mental illness and I know you've made like one or two vlogs about it but I feel like this is probably the longest like sit down chat that's like ever gonna happen yeah so So, here's everything up Um, so you briefly mentioned that you were diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about your history and then I'll get into mine? Yeah. So uh, growing up, I was always like a very happy-go-lucky kid. Like I, I really didn't struggle much with mental health through like early puberty and like childhood. Like I was pretty even keeled. Yeah. Um, and then shortly after puberty, I that's when my emotions just went really really out of whack and around the age of like 14 I started having like really dark thoughts and just being really up and down and I never I didn't understand why um and so it would be like one day I would be like silly happy class clown all over the place you know everyone's best friend and then the next day I would like shut down and not want to talk to anyone and be like oh my gosh like this is I will never be happy again and I couldn't I didn't understand what was going on and then um I ended up being hospitalized when I was 15 um and I I really had not told anyone like not my friends not my family I had not told anyone like what I was feeling what I was thinking what I was going through like I very much internalized it Mm -hmm. and so it just kind of all exploded came out in like one really bad way and so I ended up being hospitalized and after that then my parents were like so caught off guard because like I said I had really internalized all that so they were like oh my gosh we had no idea that you were feeling this way like why didn't you tell us and so after that is when I got into therapy I um left high school I started doing independent study and then I was really open with my parents about every up and down of every day and they were so awesome. Yeah. And that's when I got really close with Kenzie and that's mm-hmm. when I got really close with you. Yeah. And um, I had some really, really great friends who like really understood and wanted to talk to me about it, which was great. Um, and then it was really hard, I'd say. For, so that happened when I was 15. Mm-hmm. And then from like 15 to 18, I really struggled just yeah. – 
getting the right I tried like a million different medications I got like three different diagnoses I just felt really up and down and then when I was about 18 is when I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder yeah and got put on a medication that like really actually worked and it was like I mean it I I wasn't I wasn't cured I'll never be cured in parentheses like that it's a chemical imbalance but just being able to like put a name to it and identify it and be like oh that's not like it's not a problem with me it's a chemical imbalance yeah was like really powerful for me to be like okay like because I would blame myself I'd be like why did I get so sad or why did I do this or why did I do that and it's not an excuse but it's an explanation of me being like oh I understand why I feel this way I understand why I acted this way and then also being able to get a legitimate medical plan for talk therapy for medication for coping mechanisms so that I could function better as a human and so I'd say from 18 to now has been so 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 much better I think part of that is therapy and medication and time but I think a big part of it too is like being done with puberty yeah I think the emotions that came with like well and being like in a stable relationship yeah like it just I mean even just the emotions of like my body changing my mind changing and developing like it was so so it really like triggered which we'll talk about triggers later but like it triggered that up and down like cycle of having bipolar disorder and so being able to put a name to it and like kind of problem solve yeah was really helpful now what about you well I was gonna say too on that I've actually I've never thought about that with like struggling with bipolar disorder from a young age that that's probably like a very confusing difficult thing yeah because I feel like for me my biggest thing is like anxiety disorder and then also like eating disorders which we've already kind of talked about so I'll talk primarily about (coughs) anxiety in this episode um but I feel like for me it was like very clear what was going on of like first of all it runs in my family like almost all of the women in my family have some sort of anxiety disorder and so it was like it's really easy to be like oh well like this person has it and this person has it and this person like it's just it sucks because I feel like growing up I saw that and it wasn't like a desirable thing but I also kind of understood and the people around me understood they're like oh panic attacks we get it <laughs> like yeah. you know um but I feel like that must have been such a, like an interesting thing with bipolar disorder you saying that like you had days where you felt so high and then days where you felt so low I feel like just I've never thought about that yeah like dealing with that as like a 13 year old and not understanding what was happening yeah I really thought it was like a me I mean a, a, to a certain point it is a me issue with my brain but I thought it was like a me issue like with my emotions yeah and I would get like really it, it kind of allowed me to spiral because I didn't understand mm-hmm. and also I um bipolar the way that bipolar tends to manifest in children is different than teens and different than adults that's so interesting um I'm again not an expert that's what my therapist told me but so when I was young and I was like doing some googling on like different like disorders or like learning about it in school I like the symptoms of bipolar in children are so different than teens so if I read the textbook definition of like what it's like for an adult or a child that was not what it was like for me as a teen interesting and so it was so like um just little things like sometimes it would be like things like avoiding social interactions and I'm like oh I don't do that I love being around people 
but it's like that it's going to be different for every person it could be different for teens or for children and so I think once I got that diagnosis and like also once it was like out in the open yeah that I was struggling it was it became so much easier that's so interesting wow do you want to I'm so I'm so glad we're having this conversation I'm learning about you do you want to go into kind of your history and your backstory with everything yeah for sure um so I like ever since I was super super little have been like the most anxious introverted person like I so I skipped a grade when I was younger and I don't think that necessarily helped because I feel like I went to the next grade up and everyone like thought I was a baby and like I was kind of like ostracized for that of like people thinking that like I don't belong and like I switched schools a lot like I've probably been to like 10 different schools in my life so I feel like always being like the new kid and then also like being shy and like that's the whole reason why my mom put me in vocal lessons when I was like five or whatever was because I like literally like wouldn't speak to people that weren't my mom because she raised me as a single mom for like quite a bit of time until she married my stepdad and so I was literally like only surrounded by adults yeah like my mom had me when she was 22 and none of her other friends had kids around my age and like she was a single mom so it was like me sitting on the couch with like her and her friends like listening to adult conversation and like I didn't play with toys like I only read like I just was like very quiet into myself and so I feel like I've, like, always overthought everything since I was, like, very young. And I've also, like, always been very socially anxious, I think, because I think it's part of just, like, who I am. But I think also partially because I didn't do that much, like, interacting with other kids. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I've always felt this need to, like, prove myself of, like, hey, like, I belong here. Like, I'm old enough and I'm fine and everything's normal. Whereas I think a lot of other kids just go through life and are, like oh yeah like I'm just a kid and that's all there is to it um and so I think that like I think it was very apparent very early on like I I think when I think back like I feel like I've kind of always had anxiety um I mean I wasn't diagnosed with anxiety disorder until like middle school or whenever I went to like my first therapist and that's just kind of been my diagnosis throughout my whole life I've never like had to go on a like journey to discover what that was like that was very clearly always the issue Mm -hmm. but like even when I think back to like the first time I ever auditioned for a play like I literally like would not go in and my mom was like Skylar like you've been practicing with your vocal instructor for weeks like you like you have everything memorized like you're gonna get like it's fine and I was like I I can't do it. Like, I just, I can't even walk in the room. And so I feel like I've always had that issue. And so I think um, as I got older, I think I, like, I also, we talked about a lot in the body positivity episode of, like, I struggled with eating disorders and all sorts of things. Um, But when I was in my sophomore year, I, like, left because of mental health issues, too. And that's when, like, you and I got together and I feel like I got to start, doing work that I was like passionate about and getting into like healthier relationships and I don't know yeah I think high school especially can be like a really hard place to be struggling yeah um what was your experience like because you said you've you were kind of aware of it like through your childhood like going from childhood to like 
teen to adult and has your anxiety always been the same way has it changed as you've grown um I think it's I think that my anxiety has pretty much always been the same in how it manifests. I think the way that I cope with it is different. Yeah. And the way I, like, manage it is different. I think it's, like, always been, like, just a lot of overthinking and a lot of, like, thinking that things are going to go the worst way possible and also always feeling, like, very, um, like, I feel like I not assume the worst in people, but that I assume people assume the worst about me like Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm like overly apologetic because I like never want someone to think that I intentionally did something wrong when in reality that never happens but I feel like I just you overthink it I overthink it and think oh well like maybe they thought I was like not being cautious about this or maybe they thought I was like slacking off or whatever when in reality like I know that's not the issue because I'm such a precautious person but I think it just like is a lot of overthinking um yeah I think that like I've gone through a lot of different struggles in my life and anxiety has always been kind of like the constant the constant (laughs) which I think um in a way is like it's not definitely not nice that's the wrong word but I think it's It's nice that I'm able to cope with it and I, like, understand what sets me off. I Mm -hmm. understand, like, what I can do to make a situation better with that. I think other things I've struggled with, like, I, like, struggled with eating disorders. Like, I've been sexually assaulted. Like, I've gone through a lot of different things in my life where I'm, like, this is, like, from left field and I don't have coping mechanisms. And I think that's, like when I would get to darker places versus like my anxiety I feel like I know that like I just need to meditate (laughs) and I just need to like make a plan I need to like make sure that I've done everything I can to prepare for a situation whereas sometimes when things come out of left field like deaths or like whatever I feel like it's harder to prepare yourself for that so yeah so sorry I'm like getting out of breath no like we know you're talking about like heavy stuff and so I feel like no you're good you're 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 doing great sweet oh you too um so where would you say you're at now like maybe that's a good way for us to segue into kind of like our thoughts on other topics and like how we're dealing with it now yeah so I I think I'm in a really good spot now good I'm so glad to hear that and would you say the same for yourself I'd say good I don't know if I would say really Really good. good but I'd say I'm in a good spot I think that's also part of what we wanted to talk about is I think that there's a stigma that I think there's two kind of trains of thought. One is that like you are your mental disorder. Like you're never going to overcome it in quotation marks because like it's a chemical imbalance and like that's just something you're going to have to live with. And then I think there's this other train of thought that's like you have to overcome it. Like that's what strength is. Strength is not having that like quote-unquote weakness and I think that both of us kind of believe in it in between of like my goal is to be as like the least anxious as I can be (laughs) and your goal is to be like like more like the most balanced yeah, yeah balanced with your emotions as you can be and I don't think like we don't owe our mental disorders anything yeah. Like, if someday I don't have anxiety anymore, that would be a miracle. Yeah. But 
I know that's not possible and that's not a goal to set for myself. The goal to set for myself is to constantly be improving, constantly like to recognize when I'm getting into that headspace and to like try and shut it down. Right. You know? I mean, I even got a message after I made a vlog like almost a year ago where I was like in a low spot for my bipolar disorder and like really in a deep low and I made a video talking about it. And I got a DM, like, recently from that video that was, like, how dare you say that you were working to overcome your disorder? Like, how dare you make people think that they can overcome it and that they can, like, improve? And I was, like, I didn't respond because there's no reason to. Yeah. But, like, in my – in the way I think of it, like, you're right. I will probably never completely overcome having bipolar disorder. But that doesn't mean that I'm just going to sit back and, like – let it control let it control my life and just be like well that's me I have bipolar disorder I have depression like that's the way it is like no I'm gonna try to do the things that I can and make the steps that I can to make myself the highest functioning version of me that I can like if I'm having a bad day I'm not just gonna be like well this is it I'm gonna lay in bed all day like sometimes that's what ends up happening but like I'm gonna try to do the coping mechanisms that I have and the things that I've learned to make it better so that I can live my life the way I would like to. Like, yeah, it's, I feel like it's people who are, like, kind of in the thick of it and they want to drag you down there too, yeah. you know? Which of, I like, get. Oh, totally. Yeah. But it's one of those things where, like, you only have one life. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you can have a better day, if you can, like – pull from your toolbox of coping mechanisms and figure out how to like get out of bed and take a shower and put on a new pair of pajamas that is a win yeah like why would you not try your hardest to get there if you have those tools that you can grab from like obviously when you're young or before you go to therapy or whatever state you're in like you might not have those tools so it might seem like it's never going to get better and I think that like for both you and I I would guess that like we're both always going to have those like setbacks but like hopefully as we go through life we're just gonna keep accruing like methods of dealing with it and I don't know like I feel like I like when I have a panic attack now first of all it's much less often than it used to be when I was a teenager but now like I'd say maybe it happens once a month yeah maybe a little less depending on like where I'm at and what's happening in my life but now I'm able to cope with it so maybe my panic attack is like 20 minutes versus like an hour and then like an hour of like aftermath of like me shaking and like dealing with all the things like because now I'm able to understand like this is what's happening to my body we've been here before (laughs) like let me try and like shut it down because I know this isn't proactive I know this isn't all those things and so I feel like overcoming in quotation marks your mental disorder is just like learning how to deal with it so you can continue living your best healthiest most functioning life absolutely I mean when I was in high school if I was in I mean the thing with the way my bipolar disorder is is I'm I very high highs and very low lows and a lot of the times those will come in waves of like a week so I'll, I could be totally quote unquote normal for let's say three, four months, like yeah. very even keeled, no problems. And then I will have a really, really high high for like three days and be yeah. like manic. And then I'll come down and for maybe a week just feel absolutely like 
rock bottom. The difference is now when I'm in those high highs, I can identify because of like understanding it more, mm-hmm. going through therapy. I can understand like, okay, yes, maybe this it, life seems perfect and amazing right now. And I yeah. feel like I could conquer the world and do anything. But I need to kind of not just let myself go so that mm-hmm. the fall isn't as hard. Yeah. And then when I do have that fall and I am in a low, like the past maybe five, six days, I was in a low until yesterday I woke up and I was like, I feel normal again. This is great. <laughs> but like the five days before that were really hard. Yeah. But the difference is now because I have worked to overcome it yeah. is when I was in high school, it was like, I will never be happy again. Oh my gosh, everything is awful. The world is awful. I hate my life. And now it's like, I feel really bad. I can't wait for this to be over. What can I do to try to make it end? Like make this period end quicker. And I think that's the difference. And in Mm -hmm. my brain, what I see as overcoming it, it's not that I never have low lows anymore. Mm -hmm. I do. That's the reality. But I don't see it as like I I know that it's gonna get better like I know there's a way out and I know what I can do to function like even I didn't I I was very proud of myself that whole like five day low like I didn't I don't think I canceled a work day I don't think I like canceled a workout I don't think I like I was living my life but I think like the um, I think the part of the reason why you're able to do that is one because like you've established like you are able to cope with it and you're able to see like the light at the end of the tunnel and know that it is going to end like this is a temporary feeling but I also think a lot of it is like candor and honesty and being able to like like there were probably five or six times where we were on a shoot last week where you told me you're like hey like I'm feeling a little out of it let me know if like my energy is really low or like let me know this that and the other because you know that I understand what that means for you. And it's not like, hey, I'm feeling really sad. We have to cancel everything forever. I'm quitting YouTube. (laughs) It's like, hey, we're still going to do this. I'm having kind of a tough day. Let me know if, like, my energy seems low. Well, and I I think that's a big difference, too, between me and high school. Just being like, I'm happy. I'm fine. Everything's great. I have no problems. And then now, like, waking up and being like, hey, like – telling Steven before he leaves like hey I'm I feel really bad yeah like can you do the things that you know help me yeah and so he will and then when you and Carly come into the office I can be like yeah I'm like feeling kind of bad today yeah. and then like again just knowing that I don't have to like keep up that act yeah it's like oh my it's exhausting yeah it's exhausting trying to keep up that act well and I also feel like for both of us like our partners are such like helpful resources with that of like Kyle does the exact same thing like even this morning I was so anxious like I literally I think I've probably been late to like our home office like three times and it's always like five minutes late but I was like Kyle like I'm going to get there right at nine o'clock if I like if I were to leave now so like I need your help and he's like cool I'm going to pack your lunch for you. Like, I'm going to lock up. I'm going to whatever. And I was, like, 10 minutes early. But, like, it's me being, like, I'm so anxious. (laughs) Like, I cannot be late to anything ever. I can't whatever. Being, like, I need your help. And him being, like, cool. Got it. Like, I I know that Kyle knows that 
even if I were to leave 10 minutes later and be on time, it would be fine. Mm. Or if I were to leave 20 minutes later and be 10 minutes late, you would understand. Of course. But it's him knowing that, like, okay, there's no convincing her that, like, everything's fine. Yeah. So I'm just going to pack her lunch. I'm yeah. just going to lock up. I'll feed the cats. I'll do whatever. And I feel like having a partner who understands when you're, like, hey, I need help, yeah. <laughs> what that means, and not having to explain, like, can you please do this for me and this and this and this because I'm unable to do it right now. Them just knowing, cool, that's the signal. Yeah. Let me help in these ways is so, so helpful. And even when I was in high school after I, like, opened up to my parents about everything and yeah. they were able to be those resources for me, yeah. that was a huge game changer too because my mom would see that I was in a rough spot or I would tell her and she'd be like, hey, like, let's go on a hike. Yeah. Like, let's go get you out of this environment. That's let's so go. Awesome. And that's why I think it's so important to talk to the people around you totally. because just, I'm like literally going to get emotional about it. Like, just being in that place on your own, it's so hard to get out of it. Yeah. And when you have like a best friend or a partner or a parent who you can be like, hey, I'm not doing well. And they can do the things that, you know yeah. they can not only you. be receptive of that but yeah. be helpful yeah is life-changing it it really so if any of you guys are struggling out there like I cannot recommend enough yeah talk to someone like tell someone and then communicate with that person and it's mm -hmm. oh my gosh is it so much easier yeah like it's it's truly life-changing mm -hmm. I think and I think one of the things that so when Stephen and I started dating I to told him like I think two or three weeks after we started talking I was like hey just putting it out there like so you know like I have bipolar disorder I've dealt yeah. with depression kind of here's my history um and I was like you know I I just want you to know like I I'm not looking for someone to fix me like yeah I don't want you to like enable me or feel like it's your responsibility but just so you know like it, it's helpful for me to have someone yeah. who I can like talk to about and I think that was really important for me because the relationship I had before that I think I like relied on that person to like save me yeah and I think setting up those like boundaries and expectations is really helpful mm -hmm. because now when I'm like in a dark place and I tell Steven he doesn't feel like it's his job to get me out of it but he yeah. also knows the things that he can do that will help me mm -hmm. he knows that like if I'm having a rough day, if he calls me at lunch, like, that will help me and just, like, encourages me, that'll help me. Yeah. And, but it's not his responsibility to, like, fix my life. Totally. Do we want to talk a little bit about, like, dating people and, like, feeling like you have to give that disclaimer or, yeah. like, having that conversation? What are your opinions on that? Because for me, I felt, sorry, I asked no, a question and no. cut you off. <laughs> for me, I felt, I feel like. I don't know. I felt like I wanted to tell Steven because I didn't want it to be a surprise. Mm -hmm. um, and then also just kind of like from a, a maybe not the healthiest place, I felt like I was scared of him like finding out about it and then being like, oh, like I don't want to like too much baggage. I don't yeah. want to like once we were in too deep, which like I don't know what do you think do you think that it's important to like tell someone like tell that person or um so, so again like we've said multiple times these are all our opinions obviously live your life the way that you want to live your life I think that to me like honesty is always the best policy like yeah. I just that's something that like I truly try and like live my life by of 
I think that for me, it's like very, very important to be open and honest about that because I want the same in return. Like I think that if you're going to, like especially if you're committing to be in a monogamous relationship with someone, I think it's important to be able to like know everything going into it. Like if someone has like anger management problems, like – I would like to know that. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you know that you have anger problems and, like, we're about to, like, be committed to each other, just let me know. Yeah. And then I can make my own decisions. Yeah. You know, especially because I think that a lot of issues are <sighs> fixable is the wrong word. But I think, like, when you're diagnosed with a mental disorder, like, like how we've said previously, like, I'm probably always going to be an anxious person whether I have panic attacks for the rest of my life or that's just something that happens between the ages of like 10 and 30 I don't know but I know that like I'm just always going to be anxious yeah like I just know that for myself whereas something like having anger issues is something that you might be able to work through you know and so I think for me it's really important to be open and honest about it yeah um I don't know what do you think I think I don't personally like I wouldn't let's say I wasn't married like I wouldn't tell someone who I was just like hooking up with yeah totally but like that's why I didn't tell Stephen like when we first started going on a few dates because I was like I don't know where this is gonna go yeah I, I don't think it's my responsibility to de- disclose to someone after one date like my entire mental history yeah but I think once Stephen and I started getting to a place where we were like more serious and like actually being monogamous is like a it was a huge weight off my shoulders where I didn't feel like I have to like keep up this appearance and I can just be like hey this is where I'm at and also I think it helps that um he knows yeah like how to help me and and what I'm going through and also like I said setting those expectations of like I don't expect you to fix me yeah I don't need to be fixed I'm I'm not broken I just have I just need a little tweaking here and there and I can do that with a little help for my friends. <laughs> well, and I also feel like it depends on, like, how it manifests for you. Mm-hmm. Like, my biggest thing that I don't really ever talk about is, like, I have been sexually assaulted before. And, like, that's a big reason why I left high school. Yeah. Um, And, like, even after then, like, I was sexually assaulted again. And so I think, like, for me with Kyle, before we were monogamous, before anything, like... I felt the need to tell him because, like, I I think, like, I, I honestly don't know how it would be if I was single now. But now it's, like, totally fine because Kyle's my partner and I trust and I love him and everything's great. But I think, like, establishing, like, we're in a safe space. <laughs> like, we, like, you're someone I trust. I love you. Like, I'm comfortable, like, sleeping in the same bed as you. I'm, co- You know, like, I think I, like, had such fears associated to that and like negative connotations when it came to like men and a lot of things and so for me I don't even think I told him that I had anxiety for quite a while probably like at least a month or two of like when it came up because for me that was something I was able to manage whereas me being like hey just so you know I like I need a little more than a normal person would like I need you to like not just come up behind me and like hug me and like try and like scare hug me like I I'm totally fine with a from behind hug but like don't just come up behind me in the kitchen and be like boo I gotcha like that's that's not cool for me you know and so I think it depends on where you're at I think 
you should never feel like you are broken and like you have to tell someone something like to disclose it because you're afraid that like they're going to leave but also acknowledge that like when a person is like getting into a relationship with you like I personally maybe that's controversial I think that like they should know like I think if if someone's committing to like being with me knowing that I mean now I probably only have panic attacks like I said once a month but for a while it was like every week (laughs) like that's a big thing if we're gonna live together and I'm gonna be like crying and hyperventilating and not able to breathe in the bathroom like that's something that that person should know before we agree to live together like you would with a roommate or you know so I think it is kind of a hard balance of I think you have to kind of establish for yourself when you tell someone or how you tell someone or if you tell someone but for me I think like honesty is the best policy yeah especially if it's going to affect that person like you said with a hookup Like, you having depression probably won't affect you hooking up with a guy at a bar. Yeah. You don't need to tell him. You can if you want. You can if you want. Yeah. Honesty is the best policy. (laughs) But, like, it's fine to just, like, have fun times or whatever. But I think if you are dating someone because you want them to be your life partner, I think just letting them know everything is always good. That, when you were talking about that, that brought up an interesting topic in my mind that we hadn't, like, talked about before, so it's fine if you don't want to talk about it, but I think about this a lot for me. How do you interact with, like, how your disorder, like, your anxiety is part of your personality? Because I think for me, as someone with bipolar disorder, like, I have a hard time, like, differentiating those two. Yeah. Where, like, I, I think that part of my bipolar disorder is a is sometimes a big part of my personality. Yeah. Like, the fact that I am so bubbly and so extroverted yeah. is probably part of me being bipolar. Yeah. Like, it's probably part of me being so up and down. Um, Like, the fact that I feel things so deeply and mm-hmm. I, like, really connect with people on an emotional level yeah. is also probably part of that. How do you, like, like, another, like, I'm always, like, a lot of people view me, especially like, in my family, as, like, I'm, like, the fun person. Like, I'm, like, yeah. the person who's, like, always down to do something crazy. Yeah. I think that's maybe part of my mental disorder. Yeah. Do you, How do you feel about that? Do you feel like yeah. there are parts of your disorder that are parts of your personality? Oh, absolutely. I mean, even a lot of times on this podcast, like, I feel like I'll joke and be, like, because I have anxiety. Like, mm-hmm. I think for me, it's – I feel like because it's my anxiety, I feel okay, like – even like sometimes joking about it like I think it's I don't think it's ever okay to joke about mental illness as a whole or to joke about like if I were to make a joke about depression like I don't think that's okay or even if I were to make a joke about like general anxiety like I think that that can be really upsetting for other people who struggle with that but because I feel like it's something that like personally affects me it's like my issue I feel like it's I feel okay letting it be a part of me kind of like how like we talk about all the time with like you making like self-deprecating jokes yeah of like if like the other day we were sitting there and my shirt just like ripped open and I was like (laughs) well guess my pregnancy boobs are really coming in like literally like busting through my shirts like guess I'll like have to get one from your Poshmark pile like what are we you know like to me that's okay because I'm like haha this is like my body and my shirt and I'm making a joke about it yeah if you were just like haha bet your shirt's gonna bust open because those pregnancy boobs like that wouldn't be okay that would be weird and whatever but I feel like 
it's for me it's okay because it's like my issue and I don't think everyone feels that same way but I think part of it's like like I don't know like with you I feel like one of the things that with your personality is like how you said like you are always on time and you always like um apologize for things or like super polite that's part of your personality but as you were explaining it that's also like part of you having anxiety yeah and I think that's another thing for me that's hard for my own is to like do I need to separate like do you think you have to separate like this is part of my anxiety and so it is like not healthy or like you know what this is part of my personality I wonder too complicated I wonder I've never heard a discussion on like whether or not it's okay to like aspects of your mental disorder do you think it's okay I don't know. I've never even thought about that before. And I've never heard anyone talk no, about it. Well, because oh, they're part of my personality, think? right? Because I, ways? like, trust trust and believe. Like, I, more than anyone, like, I know how much my anxiety sucks. Like, it sucks with a capital S. Yeah. But, like, I do like that I'm a punctual person. I like that I'm, like, very organized I like that like I like always have like 20 steps like if whenever something bad happens I feel like I'm the person who like I've already thought that that could happen and so I already have like you're already ideas in mind of like even like I don't really I don't want to get into it a ton but like my hamster passed away last week two weeks ago something like that and like for the last six months I've thought like oh like poppy could pass away like this is like something that's going to happen like hamsters don't have like the longest lifespan so I feel like I would go up all the time and like check on her like frantically and Kyle would be like she's literally fine she's like running on her wheel like why are you concerned with her health and I'm like it's because I'm anxious like I don't want this to happen but so when it happened I felt like kind of prepared of like okay here's the plan like let's call your mom let's like look this up and this up let's like I have steps in my mind because in my brain I feel like the worst case scenario is like not a possibility but like I thought of it if that makes sense and so I do feel like I'm better at dealing with like like if I like get in a car crash or Kyle gets hurt or like if something like that happens which is like really negative I feel like I'm able to like compartmentalize and be like okay I thought this might happen (laughs) like let me like call this person let me do this this and this and I do really like that about myself and so I feel like it's hard because I for sure think that's a thing that came because of my anxiety but also it's a question of like when did I develop my anxiety like was I born with it yeah well and then it's hard to separate too right like let's say in some alternate reality you don't have anxiety are you still a punctual person is that part of like where does the anxiety end and like the personality type and aspect Mm -hmm. begin and how intertwined are they I think that's something I think about all the time with my bipolar disorder like even with positive things like you were saying like it's easier with negative things to be like oh was that me or was that like my imbalance but with positive things like part of the reason that I work so much and I'm so driven I think is because that's when I'm in a very high manic state yeah totally and so like when it's a bad thing it's easy for me to be like oh I'm having trouble being productive or getting out of bed because I am in a low for my bipolar disorder this is bad but when I'm like doing great and really driven and making all of these plans and and staying up all night editing like that on the outside looks like a good thing it's like 
I am producing, especially with my job being like, you know, my own boss, like it's up to me. If like, I think Mm -hmm. I was low key in kind of a manic state for like all of December last year. Yeah. Like I literally was, I was looking back at my schedule. I didn't have an editor. The only person working with me was you. Yeah. I was doing, and I was super part-time. Yeah. Like still I kind of fluctuate in between like part-time and full-time, but that was like, I was in LA. Yeah. I filmed all my videos here on my own. Yeah. And I was doing three main channel videos a week, vlogmas every day. And, like, posting Instagram pictures and, like, trying to, like, do things with my family. So, on the outside, it looks like, wow. What a productive. I bet that month was great yeah. for all things analytics. Yeah. Like, but. so driven. Like, so great. And then, on the inside, I look back at it and, like, I'm like, oh, wait. That maybe wasn't good. Or, if I didn't have bipolar disorder, how driven would I still be? Yeah. I don't know. And so it's really a hard thing for me to, like, yeah. analyze. This is such an interesting conversation. Is that, like, vain to say no. on the podcast? To be like, the conversation we're having is very interesting. But but Because I've never had this conversation before. And I think it is so interesting to... Because I feel like from an outsider's perspective, like, if someone were to just ask me, like, is it all right to, like, love your mental disorder? I would say no. I would say that sounds unhealthy. Like, you should work on, like, striving to be better. You should work on, like, all these things. But when I actually think about it, I think, like, my mental disorder is definitely not all that I am, but it really has shaped me. Yeah. You know? It's It's a part of you. I think especially because I feel like a lot of people um get like diagnosed or their mental disorder like comes like later in life like Mm -hmm. maybe high school maybe in their 30s maybe whatever but like I literally feel like I was born with it like every female in my family has it and like it's just like looking back to like the littlest things like even on last week's podcast we posted like our like embarrassing photos to pop up like the photo that I posted was me and my cousin, who were, like, the exact same age, got baby dolls for Christmas for my grandma, and I literally, like, was, like, crying and stressed out because I was, like, why are you giving me a baby? Like, I'm four years old. Like, I can't take this responsibility. Like, I don't have a job. Like, what am I going to do? And my other cousin was, like, did to do and, like, threw it in a corner. Yeah. And, like, it's, like, so funny and silly and, like... I think it's funny and silly because that's, like, so who I am and, like, it makes sense. But, like, the fact that I was four years old and got a baby doll for Christmas and was, like, why did you do this to me? Like, I can't, like, I can't take this responsibility. Like, I had so much anxiety being, like, how am I going to take care of this child? I am but a child. (laughs) Like, you know? And so I think it's, it is interesting because I think, like, that's just... Like, that's just who I am, you know? I feel like it's almost like looking back and being like, look at me in this, like, Pokemon shirt. Like, that's so funny because that's so true to, like, who you are now. Like, I feel like looking back, I'm like, that's so funny because that's, like, so me. Like, so stressed out and so whatever. And so it's interesting because I just, I don't know. When I feel like it's a fine line between romanticizing mental illness and, like, being open about it. And I think I really... I think I kind of fell into romanticizing it when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Like, even the whole era of, like, the manic pixie dream girl. Mm -hmm. Like, the, oh, she's broken, but she's beautiful. Like, she's conflicted. She's deep. Mm -hmm. It's, like, I think I kind of was, like, yeah, that's me. Instead of being, like, "Mm, well, maybe I should work on that. Especially, like, in young adult novels and, like, the whole, like, Tumblr era is, like, there was such a, like, beautiful emphasis in quotation marks put on like smoking cigarettes and being depressed 
Ghost or like even a lot of like the John Green books that used to be like my absolute favorite books are like about young girls who have some sort of mental disorder and then like guys like fantasize over them and are like obsessed with them because they're imperfect because they're like running away from home because they're depressed and I just I feel like that's I feel like that's not okay. Well, I think it can be a really fine line for things like Tumblr yeah. of feeling seen mm-hmm. and feeling like people are being open about their anxiety and their depression yeah. and that's great and I feel seen and I understood. And then like romanticizing it and like I think that honestly was one of like my triggers in high school that kind of made me spiral. Oh yeah, I mean I literally had two Tumblrs, one where I would post like like kind of like depressed artsy stuff and another where I would just like I don't think you could favorite back then I don't know what not reblogging was but like liking the content was of like liking like thin inspiration and yeah. like really really dark stuff yeah and like that's that's just like not okay yeah like if I found out that my little sister had like a place where she could go I mean she does with social media but like a site like that where like you can search like the inspiration or whatever depression and and, like get these things that just like sink you down lower Mm -hmm. like that's so crazy that I mean I'm sure it still exists yeah but well and I think for me like my bipolar disorder I don't think has ever really been romanticized yeah but depression has and I had a I I would say I don't know if right now I would say I'm really struggling with depression as much. I think that's kind of a symptom of the bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. But in high school, I definitely was. And I, like, very much identified with, like, all the, like, depression romanticization. But I feel like anxiety is something, especially now in, like, the past two, three years, that's, like, I mean, even, like, who was it? Someone made merch that was, like, my anxiety has anxieties. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that since that's something – that you've connected with I mean I think that's like a totally different ball game of like monetizing like off of a mental illness like I just I like that kind of rubs me the wrong way yeah like, like does I, that make you feel seen like oh someone else is struggling no not at all maybe okay. if I was like a 13 year old girl and my favorite creator came out with that I would be like wow how cool that like they also like understand what I'm going through Mm -hmm. but I think like as an adult looking in on it like the fact that you're profiting off of like young viewers identifying with having mental disorders is just like kind of gross to me yeah sorry not to call out whoever that was no I don't even remember who it was I just I don't know I see it's all such a tricky thing which I think is why we've said multiple times like these are our personal thoughts and like I would love for, like, discussion to be sparked because of it. Because I do think that, like, having conversations about mental health is so important. Yeah. But, well, like, I think it's kind of, like, threefold. It's, like, feeling seen. Like, okay, someone understands me. Someone gets me. And then, like, kind of allowing that to let you spiral and, yeah. and be a trigger for you to feel worse. Mm-hmm. Which I think definitely is what happened to me. And then I think now it's kind of evolved into, like, and now we're profiting off of it. Yeah. And so, but also at the same time, I'm like, if that's your mental struggle and you are profiting off of it, like, again, with the intersection with your personality, like, let's take someone, let's say someone writes music about, like, their struggles with mental health. Yeah. And then they sell that music and make money off of it. I think that's fine. Yeah. But I don't know. I think, okay, so for me, the big thing is now we're talking about, like, the age of social media and, like, 
art and music versus social media personalities and like merchandise. Yeah. I don't necessarily think it's healthy for your mental disorder to be like your brand. Mm. Like I think. But what if that's part of your personality? Like for me, kind of my brand is being loud and extroverted and all over the place. But your brand, you wouldn't come out with merch that says like, I'm. Bipolar AF. Yeah. Like I just. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I, I think there's a difference between having that be a part of your identity and like creating art inspired by it or people like naturally relating to it. And then another thing to like push merchandise push whatever and have that become a part of like your brand so let's say let's take me for example because I feel like it's easier for me to be like judgmental when it's of myself yeah let's say like I came out with merch that just said manic on it I think that would be problematic what do you think yeah yeah I agree now let's say I wrote a song called Manic that was about my struggle with being like having ups and downs and then I sold that song on iTunes and made a music video about it. I feel like that's okay. That's okay. Then I what if like I feel like that's kind of like what Gabby Hanna does and I feel like that's okay. Yeah absolutely. Like and Dodie. Yeah. And I think like I get a lot of like connection by like listening to music like that. Totally. But now let's say I kind of an in-between Let's say I wrote a book called Manic um, that was about, like, my struggles with it, and then I sold that book. I feel like that's also okay. So why do you think – do you think the merch is different because it's, like – It might also be, like, my perception of I think that, like, we're still coming around to a time where, like, social media and, like, YouTube and Instagram and all that is viewed as, like, as valuable as, like, a book, like a hardcover Mm -hmm. book or, like, an album. Like, I think that, like – to me still in my head it's hard to process that like making a hoodie is as much creative art as like writing an entire memoir yeah that's true and I guess that's a debate of like I think that that might also just be me being judgmental but also like I work for a social media influencer and like have helped you with your clothing line and like I think that I understand how much work goes into it just as much as the next guy but I think that, like, there's something different about, like, writing a memoir or writing a song, like, from your perspective yeah. on an issue that you personally struggle with versus just taking one or two words and, like, slapping them on something. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. You I know? see that. I think I think that's kind of the the spot that I, I think I draw the line at least. Do you want to – switching gears a little bit. Do you want to talk a little bit about, like, trigger culture – yeah. Because I think that both of us, let me know because I'm speaking for you. So if I'm speaking incorrectly. Speak like, for me, girl. <laughs> let me know. I think that both of us went through a time where like we didn't quite understand trigger culture. Like I think a couple of years ago it was like a really like hot button, like kind of almost like a meme of like triggered. Like, ah, you like talked about Shrek and like now I'm triggered or whatever. But I think that like triggers are valid. Yeah. And I think that like. I it's always hard when like something becomes a meme to be like no but like really that's a valid thing like I think that we'll probably like record some sort of like trigger warning for this podcast absolutely you know just because I think in the same I think of a trigger warning like how people how there's a um like ratings for movies yes like I wouldn't want to take my five-year-old child into an r-rated movie I would like to have some sort of pretense at the beginning on what I can expect 
And so I think putting a trigger warning at the beginning of this podcast, just being like, hey, just letting you guys know, here are some of the things that could potentially trigger it, you it, yeah. that we're talking about. Just letting them know. Because, like, even for me, listening to podcasts, if I'm listening to a podcast that's usually, like, a light, fun, happy podcast, and all of a sudden they start talking about, like, sexual assault and depression and, like, dropping out of school and all these things, like, that would be upsetting to yeah. me. Depending on the place that I'm in. Too. Yeah. Like, if I was, like, driving to, like, hang out with family, like, I might have to, like, cancel hanging out with family for the night and like I think it's important to like listen to those conversations and have these conversations but also I think it's important to let people know like hey if you want to listen to like silly silly fun times listen to like our last four episodes but like if you want to like if you are like sitting at home on the weekend like want to like really think about it and like have the conversation like let's create a space for that and I think I would have benefited a lot from trigger warnings when I was in high school also Mm -hmm. just having an understanding of triggers yes like I thought of triggered as like a meme Mm -hmm. like I thought of it as like a joke but I now looking back I think tumblr was like a huge trigger for me yeah I think reading books and listening to music that like went into detail about like like harming yourself and like being in a dark place I think that was really bad for me oh yeah I think that like I feel like it's so hard to say like as a parent because like I'm not a parent yet and like I don't know where the world will be in like 16 years but I think like that's also part of being a parent like being so cognizant of that and like understanding what your kids are consuming. I, I know it's harder with the internet nowadays but I feel like if if someone had seen like the like my search history on my computer and like seen like even just seeing like my tumblr blog even like my public one yeah. <laughs> like not even like my sad depressing one like my one where I would like still post like looking for Alaska quotes or whatever like yeah. that's like you shouldn't be doing that or like certain like poetic books that I was reading like were really dark and talked about self-harm and talked about suicide and talked about all these things and like if like I, yeah I was about to call it some things by name, but I won't. Well, and I think I I would seek out those triggers. Exactly. To, because I wanted to spiral. Because, exactly. But I would put, and I remember my mom used to call me out and be like, I don't know if like listening to that music is like maybe the best for your mental health when you're in that state. I'd be like, you just don't understand. Yeah. Like I feel like I was using it as a, a mask for like connection. I was mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. Like that's a connection for me. Like that's like yeah. me, like me feeling seen and understood. But I don't think that's what it was most of the time. Yeah. And I think the one of the things that just kind of blew my mind thinking about it. So, like, when I was in high school, I used to get migraines. Like, before yeah. I had I'm, all through, like, my struggles with mental illness. It was unrelated. But one of my actual triggers, like, medical triggers for migraines was, like, splashing water in my face. Like, if I got, like, hit with a squirt gun in the eye or, like, someone, like, like, uh, like put a hose on my face in the summer yeah. or something like that, that would trigger a migraine. <laughs> and so, like, my family knew don't squirt Sierra with water because that can medically trigger a migraine. Yeah. But I wasn't treating my mental illness the same way. I wasn't like going to these places and listening to these things can trigger my mental illness. So I should not do that. I was, I viewed it as separate. Yeah. And in reality, I think it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. And I think it's interesting too, because I feel like we both have like such a shared experience with that. And like, I... I feel like it's only happened maybe, like, a couple times since I've, like, been an adult where I've done that because now I recognize. But 
now if I do it, I recognize that I'm doing it. Yeah. And like I'm able, but, and it's still unhealthy, but I feel like I only do it when it's needed. Of mm-hmm. like, even like a couple months ago, I like worked my last theater show. And like people can always say like, who knows, like you could do a theater show in 20 years when like your son's grown up. But like for me, it was important to like draw the line of like, this is my last theater show. If I end up volunteering, if I end up whatever, like, that's great. But, like, I need to, like, say goodbye and, like, that's what it's going to be. And so, like, I made a playlist on Spotify called, like, Songs About Theater That Make Me Cry (laughs) or Songs About Art That Make Me Cry or whatever. And I, like, told myself, like, I'm not going to listen to this. Like, I'm only allowed to listen to this when I'm driving home from my opening night and that's the only time I'm allowed to cry. Like, that's – and I still, like, that's not – good to like manifest that but I do feel like I needed to get those emotions out and so at least me setting the regulations of like okay I'm not crying I'm not listening to any sad music this is just going to be a happy night it's going to be a happy week a happy life I'm allowed to be sad because it's like a period of my life that's ending yeah but like I'm only allowed to be sad for like an hour and a half yeah and then like I just have to like move on like I just have to you know and so it's interesting because I I think, like, if I were to talk to, like, a therapist about that, like, that's still not a healthy thing, and I'm not recommending that anyone do that. But, but is it? Because you're allowing yourself to feel. And so, see, I think that's the, like, that's the that's difference, That's the too. issue of, I I personally think that's a, a million times more healthy than what I did in high school of, like, just listening to, like, the song from Cyberbully, like, over and over <laughs> again and, like, crying in my, you know? Like, like I'm I, sorry I'm laughing, but it's because I did the same thing. It's a shared experience. <laughs> but oh. I think it's a lot healthier to be like, hey, I understand, Skylar, that, like, this is a huge life thing you're going through. It's okay to be sad about it, but, like, there is an end. Yeah. Of, like, like when Poppy passed away, I was like, I'm, like, I'm taking the next day off work. I'm just going to, like, be sad and cry about it all day and, like, have soup for dinner. But then after that, I have to move on. Well, it wouldn't have been healthy for you to just be like, well, I'm not going to let myself be sad about it. And I'm going to work the next day and everything's fine. And it also wouldn't be healthy for me to let my life be controlled by that. Yeah. You know? So I think it's a balance. Yeah. And so I think, like, it's just such an interesting thing because it's, I don't know. It's so interesting with, like, the content you consume. And, like, regulating that for yourself. Because I think that's been the biggest changes I've gotten older is I let myself feel, like, my extreme feelings. Yeah. But I, like, try and regulate it as much as I can. Well, like, I did not watch 13 Reasons Why. Yeah, me when neither. When it came out, I knew. I knew that that would potentially trigger me and yeah. that it was not worth it. I I think that's another discussion is, like, what do you think about, like, displaying graphic things about um mental illness and self-harm and suicide like in media like I think I I don't remember the movie Cyberbully that much but I do remember a very graphic scene Mm -hmm. that I don't think I think you could have told that story without showing that scene and I don't know the exact scene of 13 reasons why but I have read some like summaries of it yeah and it seems like they could have told that story without showing that and I think for me that's kind of where the line is drawn again with like talking about these things being open about depression being open about mental illness 
but trying not not showing things that could potentially trigger someone see and I think that's a bigger question about like censorship of like even a couple podcasts ago like my like hot take was that like I don't like horror and I like think it's weird to like watching people get murdered and like that kind of sparked a discussion about like well like then you don't need to consume that you know and it's I think it's kind of a balance of I think that like I don't know I I feel like if a teenager can seek it out and it's going to like affect them and like potentially cause them to self-harm or cause them to whatever like I don't know if that needs to be made and profited off of. But also that's like a really big shared experience that a lot of people have. So are people not allowed to create that art? Because it could like if it's gonna trigger you and you put a trigger warning on like I I don't don't know. know. I don't have I don't have an answer. And I think (laughs) But that's that's why I think like discussions like this are so interesting because we don't have all the answers. And like I I just think I think we're in, like, a very interesting time. And I think that's, like, something really cool to talk about, too, is, like, I'm really, really hopeful for our generation and, like, especially Gen Z that, like, they're coming up with this understanding of, like, mental illness. Well, one of the things that drives me crazy is when people are, like, especially the older generation is, like, well, everyone these days has anxiety and depression. Like, like, that's not real. And it's, like, no, the same amount of people probably had it 50 years ago. But, like, someone like me, I probably would never have gone to therapy. Yeah. Like, I probably would have just been, like, well, that's me. Like, that's but also, my life. if you had grown up 50 years ago, you wouldn't have things to trigger you. Yeah. Like, I guess, like, maybe some novels or, like, some television shows. But, like, you couldn't, like, go on your phone and look at social media. Like, I was so impressed. Like, maybe a year ago, I was talking to one of my younger relatives who... I think they were in like eighth grade at the time and they were telling me because I was like hey like you deleted your Instagram like why'd you do that like I love seeing your pictures and they were like oh well like a lot like I've been like kind of changing friend groups and like I don't really like seeing all my friends hanging out without me and it was like really upsetting me and like making me sad so like I deleted it because it wasn't good for my mental health and I was like that is such a grown-up concept (laughs) like I like that coming from your mouth as an eighth grader like that that was not good for your mental health yeah. so like you deleted it temporarily and like you'll be back on in like a couple months when like your mental health is better like that's it just makes me feel like I have such faith that yeah. like these conversations are going to happen more and more and that also people are like becoming aware of like hey that's not healthy yeah. like maybe I should stop that and just being okay with talking about it too yeah like if I, when I was 15, had been able to go to my parents before I got to that breaking point and been like, hey, I'm really struggling. I think I might have some sort of issue with my mental health. I would yeah. like to go to therapy. So much, like, hurt and, like, trauma could have been stopped Oh, if yeah. I had just been able to have that conversation. And it makes me really hopeful that, like, Gen Z and, like, the generation coming after Gen Z – is able to talk about those things. Yeah. Like, I, I hope that someday if I have a child and that child is is dealing with things, that they can feel comfortable coming to me or maybe not me. Maybe a friend or maybe a, a teacher yeah. and just being like, hey, I'm not doing well. I'm struggling. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, like, it's, it's such an interesting thing because I feel like it already is, like, prevalent with our generation of like I grew up in a family where like mental illness is a thing 
Yeah. Like, everyone is, like, very aware that, like, anxiety and depression, like, run in my family. Like, people have been hospitalized for it. Like, it's a very not common thing but it's like something that everyone kind of understands and so I did feel like a little um like not 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 special but like it did feel like oh yeah like everyone goes through that and so I feel like that was that was an interesting experience for me but I think that like talking to some of like my adult friends now whose parents like just don't believe in it it's crazy is like crazy yeah like, I, I was talking to someone that I'm really close with the other day, or maybe not the other day, like, maybe a year ago, about, um, and all time is just kind of blurring together, um, but I was talking to them, and I was like, hey, like, I think that you might have depression, or, like, some sort of something, that, like, you should go to therapy and, like, seek help, because, yeah. like, the way that you're feeling isn't, like, you're sad about specific things, it's, like, you're sad all the time and like I can't diagnose you and I don't want to but I think that like maybe you should seek help and that person like told their parents and talked to them and their parents were like oh what what do you mean like that's not a thing and it was just this like brushed over whereas if I went to my parents and was like hey I have anxiety I want to see a therapist my parents wouldn't have taken me to go see a therapist yeah and so it makes me so hopeful that like our kids like hopefully my son will be able to come to me someday if he has a mental disorder and be like hey i'm really sad and like don't feel okay yeah can you help and i'll be like yeah like let's take tomorrow off of school and let's go for a hike let's set you up with a therapist let's take these steps and let's remove these triggers and let's figure out what's wrong and like get you help versus like you're not depressed like you're just sad like everyone's sad and it's like no like that doesn't have to be the way that you live like don't just settle for that like if you can improve yourself in any way work on it yeah you know well and I think it's it's easier for people like you and me who've been through it yeah but I I think what's so important about having these conversations online and and in media and 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 sharing those things is for the people who haven't had that experience to be able to understand it and not just be like you don't have that but be like oh yeah like maybe maybe you do like I let's take you to a therapist or let's take you to a psychologist and that's why I do think it's it's so important to have these conversations yeah and just for the average person to be super open about it totally and just be like oh yeah like oh what'd you do today oh I went to therapy like that should be a normal thing yeah and that's why I do I do feel so conflicted about like showing those things in media and yeah. also trying not to trigger people because I do think it's such a fine line. Yeah. Because I do I'm sure there are probably so many teenagers out there who watched something like 13 Reasons Why and had never struggled with something like that and then felt like they understood their their friends or their family members who are. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to figure out like I don't know. It's so hard to figure those things out. I feel like for me like I am personally always trying to better myself yeah me too and I think that like everyone should always be trying to better themselves no matter what that means for you for some people that might mean like going to the gym and eating healthier for some people that might mean like going to therapy for some people like that it might mean like going outside and getting fresh air or what having a healthier relationship with your family like I think that like bettering yourself can be so 
many different things to so many different people but like something that Kyle and I started like early on in our relationship was like if and I don't know if it's like for us it's like the best thing but like if one of us is like I'm just like really angry about this that and the other like if Kyle says that to me I'll be like well work on that (laughs) like let's work on that like if if instead of being like I'm so unmotivated and I'm this that and the other and just saying I am like and then negative qualities about yourself like work on that yeah (laughs) like like I like I have anxiety disorder but like I'm working on it like I try and meditate every day like for me that's like one of the biggest things that has helped me in my entire life (laughs) so I think that like for me having the like mentality of like work on that is like very helpful for some people it might not be very helpful but for me being able to be like you're really angry maybe you should work Work on on that that. (laughs) like what can you do can you have a conversation with that person yeah can you like cut that person out of your life for a little bit can we like solve the problem that's making you angry like what's what does that boil down to that's like the joke we always make of like girl like girls who post on instagram who are like like for like their one year anniversary with their boyfriend are like I hate you sometimes we fight non-stop we hate each other we're so sick of each other but I wouldn't want to be so angry with anyone else like love you happy one year it's like like, maybe you should should work work on on that that. like (laughs) my goal is to never fight with Kyle ever again in my entire life my goal is to never fight with my family my goal is to never have another panic attack like My goal is to have the best, healthiest relationships with everyone around me, including myself. So it's weird to me when people are like, like, if I were to post about you and be like, sometimes we bicker and get under each other's skin, but, like, I still love it. Like, that's not our relationship because we both work to to not not. do that. Like, Like, that shouldn't be, like, Like, a point of, like, pride. Like, life isn't perfect. Like, you're gonna fight with Kyle, and you're gonna bicker with me, and you'll probably have a fight with your family, but, like, that doesn't mean that you should just be, like, I hate you. But if that can happen once every three years versus, like, every day, like, I don't know. I just think self-improvement is, like... I agree. Essential. Well, I think, I don't think we're going to do advice this podcast because we've been going for so long, but um, do you want to end with just kind of like where you're at now with your mental health, what you're working on, what things you're doing? I can go first if you want. Yeah, go first. Um, So right now, I would say I'm in a good spot with my mental health. I feel like I understand it. Um, I was in, I had a little bit of like a dip down when I had to get off birth control because birth control was originally what my therapist or my psycho psychotherapist the person who prescribes you medication yeah had told me I should get on to regulate my mood and that helped so much mm-hmm. so adjusting to getting off that was really really hard um I think yeah. I'm still dealing kind of reeling from it but I'm doing a lot better um I'm currently not in therapy but I actually think I want to get back into therapy before Steven and I start trying because I think mm-hmm. I'm sure that there's going to be a whole influx of hormones that could affect it just like it did when I went through puberty yeah um I feel like I'm pretty open about it with people in my real life with people online uh and I think that helps a lot yeah and so I'm in a good place I'm really happy really happy with the relationships that I have and um I think I'm functioning pretty well so yeah what about you I'm really proud of you (laughs) love you cease um I think I'm doing really well I think 
like the the newest thing has been like I have been really hormonal because of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Like I literally like we joke about it a lot. Like I'm a very emotional and sensitive person, but I just don't get angry. Like yeah. that's like I feel like I experience every other like emotion, like positive and negative, but like I never like I've probably yelled at Kyle like once, <laughs> maybe. And that was like barely, yeah. you know? But I think like since I've been pregnant and since I've been more hormonal, I'm, like, I tend to get angrier faster. Like, yeah. even at, like, stupid little things. Like, we were getting, like, an acai bowl this weekend, and the guy in front of me was, like, asking if he could taste everything. Like, we were, like, kind of in a rush, and he was, like, could I taste that kiwi? She was, like, sure, and, like, handed him the kiwi, and he's, like, can I taste your almond butter and your peanut butter? And I literally was sitting there, and I was, like, staring at Kyle being, like, I'm gonna strangle him like I like I maybe you should work on that (laughs) I know but I want to and so I like I told Kyle I was like I like got in the car and was like almost shaking because I was like so angry I was like I don't know why I'm so frustrated right now like everything's fine we're on time the guy was like just trying to see if he liked almond butter or peanut butter better (laughs) but like I'm so frustrated and he's like I think it's like your hormones and I was like no, it definitely is, but, like, I definitely need to work on it because I still have three months left of being pregnant, and, like, I can't just keep getting angry over, like, almond butter versus peanut butter. Like, yeah. that's just not. So I think that, like, I'm in a really good place with my anxiety. I'm in a really good place with, like, eating disorder recovery and all of it. I think, like, the only thing I, like, really truly am struggling with is, like, obviously always remnants of anxiety but also just like the influx of hormones that like Mm -hmm. pregnancy comes with of I feel things a lot deeper of like when I'm sad I feel like I feel like really sad yeah (laughs) like if I feel like frustrated I feel like I feel like really frustrated so I'm just trying to kind of like manage that but I think that's like a very normal thing that happens in pregnancy and when your hormones are going crazy and you're growing a human being inside of you so I'm working on that. I feel like my relationships are, like, really, really healthy with everyone in my life. Good. Like, I don't think I've ever had such a healthy relationship with, like, my partner, my friends, my family, everyone. Um, yeah. So I feel like I'm in a pretty good place. Good. I'm so happy we're, for you. I'm so proud aw, of you. We're surviving. We we're are. We're doing it. We're not just surviving. We're, we're thriving. thriving. <laughs> well, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed this episode. Um, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, especially youtube yeah we just got the hundred thousand subscriber plaque for the vlog how freaking cool would it be to get one for the podcast that would be so nuts that'd be so cool um so subscribe uh leave us a comment down below and i hope you guys enjoyed this episode we'll see you on monday bye, bye.